unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. Hello and welcome back to To the Infinity Saga and Beyond, a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan podcast. We are going to be breaking down the first two episodes of WandaVision. We'll split these into probably two episodes and we'll be covering episode one. I am Jordan Wiegand and I have, for the first time on this show, my good friend Casey McGeorge. How is it going, everybody? uh, I'm glad to be on this podcast here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. I was like, this, you know, it'd be good for us to kind of do something else. This is before we knew Superstore was canceled is when I initially reached out. And uh, if people don't know, if you haven't ever listened to our other show, Casey and I are on a podcast called The Break Room, where we break down NBC's uh, hit sitcom or formerly hit sitcom, I guess, uh, Superstore. Um with our friend Aylan Rowland. Um, so uh, we are going to put this episode on that feed as well for people to kind of find us and, you know, if they want to test out the water. So if you're listening on that feed, welcome. Hopefully you make the jump over to us because Casey's going to be here with me for uh, each episode here of The Nine. So looking oh, forward to definitely. Most definitely. Um, so I guess just if you want to give a little bit of background of, you know, maybe your first mcu movie the first and then also your favorite or something favorite character stuff like that sure sure absolutely uh so let me let me start off by saying uh first like i said i'm i'm I'm, uh, glad to be thank you for having me on the podcast i'm really happy for that um i have zero i will say again zero experience with the comic books Um, Mm -hmm. um i never did get in any comic books as a kid in all fairness i never even knew who iron man was until the first iron man movie um, I guess if you want to say my first jump into the MCU, which wasn't the MCU, but is the MCU, was one of the Incredible Hulk movies. Um, I saw a horrible, horrible bootleg version in Iraq uh, when I was deployed that had no background music. And uh, after about five <laughs> or ten minutes, I couldn't watch it. Um, after we got back, I think from my third tour... Uh, a bunch of us got together. We went to go see Iron Man, and uh, I was blown away, um, completely blown away. Like I said, had no clue who Iron Man was. Honestly, I'd never even heard of him. Um, and if we have time, I can share my story about meeting Stan Lee and how that relates to Iron Man. Um, I, I, I got what did have the pleasure of meeting Stan Lee once. It was a very awesome experience. Um, I've only seen three movies in the theaters twice. One of them was the original Avengers. Uh, for me, it was that good. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, the original Avengers was fantastic. Um, I, I think uh, what uh, Age of Ultron is very underrated and gets a lot of crap when it doesn't need to. Um, and then... I've I've seen all of the Iron Man movies. I have seen all of the Avengers movies. I have not seen all of Guardians of the Galaxy or any of the Thor movies. Um, but uh, as I told you, Jordan, I did purchase uh, that Best Buy exclusive Marvel Infinity War box set last year for like three hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And you were like, "That's a waste of money." But for me, it is great. So at some point, I need to sit down and go through those movies and watch them all. I would say it's not a waste of money if you haven't already owned them. For me, I wanted it. But for me, it would be a waste of money because I already own them all. (laughs) Well, so I did own most of them. But I own them in Blu-ray. These are all in 4K. uh, Oh, you got the 4K set. Yes, Ultra HD 4K set. So... Look, I'm single. I live by myself. I have nobody to blow money on but me. So, yeah, I'm going to blow money on stupid stuff like that. Um, side note, I think I looked at some point over the last couple of months, and that thing has skyrocketed on the secondary market. So if I ever, if I ever need the yeah. money, I can uh, 
Because I guess they only did make like a thousand of them, and they 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 got snapped up pretty quick. They did. I remember they sold out uh, fairly quickly, actually. Um, but for me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is uh, it's great. I know there's a lot more to them, but for me, they're great to literally just sit down for the two two and a half three hours or whatever it is, and shut my brain off to the rest of the world and just get lost in whatever's going on in that universe um and just just kind of wash everything away and just let myself float away for a little while before having to go back to reality yeah it's an escape i don't know why i could not think of that word yes (laughs) it is it is a fantastic escape um the people who make those movies are extremely talented uh i don't know if there's a bad one maybe one of the incredible hulk ones that's about it. But they all bring something completely different to the table. And that's one of the things I love. They're not all the same movie. They all have distinct personalities and distinct auras and everything about them. And, and that's what makes it so great is you're not watching like the same movie kind of pasted over and over and over again throughout all of them. Yeah, that's that's a common criticism, though, is that 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 is the case. But, you know, for me... There's just so many different types of, you know, the movies. And and I think if we move into WandaVision now, uh, you know, this is their riskiest project, I feel. I feel like the way that, you know, going kind of full into these sitcom decades uh, and having almost full episodes like that is kind of a risky thing. They could have just made a show about Wanda and Vision fighting bad guys, but... Um, so far, it's going to be, you know, kind of a slow burn, and I, I appreciate them taking the risk, and uh, I'm thoroughly excited to talk about these. So, look, Disney, Disney, even though they've, they've kind of been on hard times themselves over the last year with everything going on, uh, they have the money to throw at that, to throw at the people to be creative and say, this is what I envision, this is what I want to do with it. Um, I hope I don't mispronounce the name, Kevin Feige. Uh, That's right. Of the yeah. MCU, um, the one thing I have to give him credit for, two things. One is he has this overall arching vision for everything together, and he will let you do whatever it is you want to do, but it still has to fit in and tie into this overall vision right. of what they're doing. And that's not easy to do, but they find ways to do it, and it's like like I said, he'll he'll let people do whatever they want, but it still has to fit in, and you know, we have to find a way to tie it into everything else that we're doing in some way. And the rain that they have, I mean, there's there's no reason why I, I can see why it's one of the biggest uh, things out there, except for the video game. That's hot garbage, but that's what's out of play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the video game. I, I enjoyed part of the video game. It does get a little repetitive. I don't play online though either, so I, I don't. I, I, I know people complained about the online part, but I thought the story mode was okay. But it's not really part of. You know, I, I, I wish we would get a more proper, um, video game than than what we got. Uh, I think for me, they lost me and they lost a lot of people when. And, and I get they probably couldn't do it for licensing reasons when you had like the dollar store versions of the Avengers as far as like their models. And it, like you, you've, you spent so long building up Robert Downey Jr. And, and Scarlett Johansson and all these people and Chris Evans as these characters. And now we've got like the off, 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 off Broadway versions right. of these guys. And I think that turned a lot of people off in the get go. Like, wait, this isn't the Avengers. Like, I'm watching them on the screen right now, and this is not them. But that's, like I said, that's a whole other topic of discussion. Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, the episode that we're going to talk about in this one is just called Episode 1. They did not give it a actual name. It was written by the showrunner Jack Schaefer, um, short for Jacqueline, uh, directed by Matt Shackman, and it premiered on January 15th, 2021, on Disney Plus, uh, fun thing here: every episode is apparently going to have a, a different theme song written by Robert Lopez and Kristen 
Anderson Lopez, who wrote the hit song Let It Go from Frozen, and also scored by Christoph Beck, who scored Frozen and Frozen 2, along with the Lopez's. So Disney keeping it in-house uh, there. Um, so I guess just a quick rundown of what happens here. The, the main plot line is Vision's boss is coming over for dinner, and hilarity ensues, like a normal sitcom. Um, I guess initial thoughts, Casey. What was your initial thoughts on episode one? Uh, so when I first heard about WandaVision, uh, like I said, I had no knowledge of Wanda or Vision outside of the actual movies. So I don't know anything about the comics. I don't know anything uh, about the different incantations of Scarlet Witch or Vision or anything like that. In the eight different comic series. I knew nothing of it. Loved them in the movies. Didn't know anything out, outside of that. Um, I read, you know, they, they kind of kept a lot of it close to the vest about what's going to happen. But the basic gist is like every episode has a different theme. Like you said, they have a different theme song. And it's it, it's kind of like a different sitcom from a different generation. And I thought, wow, this is either going to be the greatest thing in the world or it's going to tank horribly because I don't like until we see it, we're not going to know what to think. Right. I am 158.6% on this ride. I don't care where this ride is taking me. I am here for it every Friday to watch this show when I get off of my mail route and to sit down and see where this is going. It is daring. It is creative. And it's just a good time. It looks like the actors are enjoying themselves. It looks like there's a lot of creative input going into it. And I just, I want to see where the adventure takes me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think that I had kind of the same reservations uh, at the at the beginning, you know, when you first hear about it, the same kind of thoughts of, well, this is either going to be spectacular or it's going to fail spectacularly. But I have faith in Kevin Feige and, and Marvel after their track record. And... Um, I think going in knowing that, like, I, I read some of the reviews, you know, the reviewers have seen the first three episodes. Yeah. They say episode three is where it kind of starts maybe picking up a little bit more of kind of breaking the formula of the, you know, like not focusing so heavily on uh, the sitcom plots. Uh, I guessing that's where it starts making a turn. But remember, we have nine of these. If this was a six-episode series, I would probably be a little bit impatient with the first two. But we got nine. We got seven more of these to go. There's room to explore some of this stuff. And I really enjoyed episode one. I think it's my favorite of the two, um, actually. So I thought it was really funny. Not, like, ironically so. Like, unironically, you know, really funny. I think a lot of the jokes land. Uh, this made me laugh more than uh, Superstore, which we'll talk about probably uh, when we record tomorrow for the break room. Um, this week, anyway, uh, I feel like this landed a lot more jokes. Um, I, I, I watched this after I watched that episode of Superstore. And I think right after I texted you guys my thoughts on Superstore is when I was hitting play to start this. Uh We'll get to it tomorrow, but this was a much more enjoyable uh, time for me than that yes. episode. I did it the um, reverse. I watched these two first, and then I watched uh, Superstore. So, I like, uh, from the movies, we, I don't know how this works, but I get that Wanda and Vision, who was former formerly Jarvis, yes. uh, are in love. I, I, I'm not sure how that works. Look, the heart wants what the heart wants, except Vision doesn't have a heart. So once again, not yes, really the sure robotic how that heart. Yes, the robotic heart. Wants um, the robotic heart wants. This this may be wrong, but I got to say this anyway. Uh, I can see why he would fall in love with Wanda um, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, she is fantastic. She's a fantastic actress. She's incredibly beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's not that I can see. That's not hard to do. Um, 
And to see them as a married couple in the 1950s or 60s or whatever this is imagined to be, it's not something I ever could have imagined. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm 42 years old. While I didn't watch it when it was on, I do remember seeing episodes of The Honeymooners and Leave it to Beaver. Right. And, and you know, classic sitcoms like that. Um where I think it's the second episode we see we'll get to. We see them sleeping in separate beds. And I love Lucy, prime example, where we see them, you know, married couples used to have to sleep in separate beds on television. And I remember watching those as a kid. And this this kind of brought me back to my childhood where I kind of thought of myself like sitting there in front of the television with my legs crossed, like looking up at this TV, you know, seeing this in black and white again. Right, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm only 29, but I watched. I used to watch Dick Van Dyke. I used to watch Leave It to Beaver and Gilligan's Island and any of these, you know, older shows. Bewitched, which is very similar to episode two, which we'll get yeah. to. Um, but yeah, yeah, just all those, you know, original black and white uh, sitcoms from the 50s and 60s, and it just kind of took me back to that. I felt like I was watching on like TV Land. Um, I mean, I even the beginning with the Marvel Studios logo turning, you know, to a four three aspect ratio and then turning black and white was just a nice little touch there um, that really set the mood knowing, OK, this is where we're, you know, we're going in now to this 1950s sitcom. Uh, the opening theme song, very reminiscent of the Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, you even have vision, you know, in that opening theme song dick van dyke usually trips on like the ottoman and falls over you know visions holding wanda and is about to run into a chair and he just phases through it so some little references there after after he phased to try to go through the door and yes with her drops <laughs> drops poor wanda i mean it took it took a little bit of adjusting like when it happened i mean i already knew this is how it was going to be so if somebody didn't know how this was going to be watching this is probably very bizarre they're probably thinking how long is this going to go with the fake sitcom but uh even on my second watch because i watched these another time before we recorded um just a good enjoyable time still laughing at the jokes for me and still just having a really enjoyable time and you know trying to look for clues and stuff and since you're not a big comic hound i guess i do have some stuff that i've dug up and i've also read some comics as well that i'll be able to bring up uh, little references to that and kind of give you some background on what might be happening here if they go a certain route yeah uh so obviously it was it was trending on on twitter and it was all over all kinds of social media networks the last couple of days um, and during whatever few minutes I would get here and there, I would scroll through and I saw like articles on Buzzfeed or whatever, and 20, like 25 little Easter eggs in the first two episodes right. and, and what they could point to. And once again, with, with me having no knowledge, but they, they did explain some of these, like, okay, this person or this character could be leading to this person in this comic series who was and did this. And it's like, okay, uh, sure. Let, let's see where this goes. Um, so let's look at the story here. So like you said, yeah. uh, vision, uh, they, they move into this brand new neighborhood, um, typical 50 suburb. Um, the only thing I guess they were missing would be the white picket fence. Um, right. But, uh, you know, she still has a wedding dress on. Like we said, they they get in the door. He accidentally drops her, but they they have the typical, you know, married life. Things are going well. Wanda brings up she's going to make this big breakfast, but Vision reminds everyone he doesn't eat. He's a robot. Right, um, yeah. Honestly, and she's kinda... using, her, using her magic to put all the dishes away and accidentally hits them in the head with them. Yeah. Um, in all fairness, I, I kind of forgot. I, I know... It's still in black and white. He's still in his vision getup. Uh, but I kind of forgot he was, I don't know if robot is the right term, android. Uh, whenever the robot uprising comes, I don't want them coming after me for using the wrong term. So <laughs> if, if I offend any of my future uh, robotic or android overlords, I'm going to apologize in advance here. I don't know the right term. Um, please don't skin me alive. <laughs> 
but um, it, it was great. Uh, as I told you yesterday, um, Paul Bettany, who plays Vision, uh, I would not have known who he was if he walked into my house with a sign that says that's who he is. But two days ago, I watched The Da Vinci Code again. And while I'm watching this, I'm looking up trying to see what Paul Bettany has done. Um, I would say I knew him as Jarvis and, and Vision. And then I see he was in The Da Vinci Code. And I'm like, wow, I literally just watched that. Had no idea. But he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, I, I think he really plays the sitcom husband from the 50s very well in this show. And for me, he's kind of the outstanding um, actor in, in, in this role, um, in, in this show for me so far, because he's playing something totally different than the usual vision we see. And he's, you know, he's hamming it up like the 1950s stars would do. Um with with some of his uh, acting and and such, but he's playing like, you know, he, he's playing the role the way it's meant to be played, as if it was a 1950s, not as a android acting like a human at this point, you know, like, and and he yeah. just nails that really well, and the, his comedic timing throughout the first two episodes, I think, have, have just been really great. Um, I got to say one thing I like, too, is the old laugh track. Yeah, they actually filmed uh, the scenes like this in front of a studio audience. Really? Uh, yes. Yes, they they kept that under wraps. But yes, they did film these scenes in front of a studio audience, uh, I guess, because some probably the scenes that, you know, don't have any of the weird hiccups that that would attract um attention you know like the uh like like the scene with the choking that we'll get to later here I'm, I'm assuming that one was not filmed in front of it that probably used a laugh track or they filmed it a different way at first and then filmed the more dramatic version later just so kind of like spoilers doesn't get out but can you yeah. can you imagine somehow how whatever means they did where you find out you're gonna sit through a live taping of wandavision Obviously, the NDAs you're going to have to sign to be part of this is going to be ridiculous because uh, if you break it, um, you're going to end up in Mickey's jail. And yeah, probably the worst one to be in. Um, that's probably a little worse than Guantanamo Bay, if you want to be honest. But can you imagine like having to keep this inside you like you were part of or you've been able to see the first few episodes of something like this? That would have been incredible. Um, cause I would have genuinely enjoyed it. I, I really, I mean, uh, especially if you don't really know what it is and you just show up and you realize it's Wanda and vision in 1950s and sixties, you know, um, sitcoms, that would be a lot of fun. Um, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if everything's going to be filmed in front of a studio audience. Like when we get to the seventies and I guess eighties and nineties sitcoms that are coming up soon, but it's going to be interesting. Um, man, I would I would love to have just been a part of that. I, I'm sure some of it was probably just family and friends as well to kind of limit some of that uh, NDA stuff. You know, like they would still have to have an NDA, but they would be less... They would more be less likely. Yes, more trustworthy, but less likely to, to spoil it because these would be people related to people in the production. Uh, so I'm assuming that was probably more of but, it than, than just be... regular people. Let's be realistic here, too. If somehow one of the two of us happen to go see something like this, right? We're just random dudes. We happen to have a couple podcasts, but we're just random dudes. And somehow we decide we're going to take the chance of going to Mickey's jail and we're going to break this NDA and put this information out on the Internet. Who in the blue hell is going to believe us about what we saw? <laughs> That's true. All you got to do is post it to Reddit or 4chan and people will start believing it's real, though. They'll spread it, at least. It, to an extent, until they're like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Like, But yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not taking the chance of, of, uh, of getting on the bad side of Mickey. Right. Uh, so, so next, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I, like, I like some of the kind of the jokes of the fourth wall breaking of Vision at his job. Where, uh, uh, you know, his buddy or his guy at the desk makes the joke of like, you're, you're like a robot. 
you know, and Vision has to be quick with yeah. the nope, I'm, I'm not a robot. Um, and then his joke of, well, what do we actually do here? Right, and, and they make uh, they make computation forms or something, and their productivity is up three hundred percent since Vision came. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's backtrack real quick though. We okay. have uh, Vision noticing a heart on the calendar. Uh, the days the the day is August twenty third. And both of them wonder what it could mean. They think it might be some sort of anniversary or something like that. And that's when Vision, you know, goes to work. He almost forgets to uh, change his face from the Vision face to a uh, human face. And then we get the neighbor played by Catherine Hahn, uh, Agnes. And I think she... Fantastic casting. She is really good in this. Oh my, she can fit into any decade, really. She She's played so many wonderful roles. And um, she is another great comedic actor from her roles in, like, all Parks the and like, stepbrothers and, and Parks and Rec, all the things she's done. She, the comedic timing she has in her acting is is another great job. It, they, that casting was A+. And one of my favorite jokes of the whole episode is said by her with the, uh, you know, sorry I didn't come by earlier. My mother-in-law was in town, so I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and this is definitely, this, like you said, this harkens back to those those age-old, well, there's a couple of things. It harkens back to those age-old, like, sitcom tropes of, oh, don't like the mother-in-law. Yes. Or, oops, the husband forgot the anniversary Right. Um, except in this point, neither of them know what the heart is there for. But obviously, it's kind of pointing to, oops, the husband forgot the anniversary again. How's he going to dig himself out of this one? You know? Yes. And and another trope that we'll get to later, too, is that, you know, the phone call between the two of them where they each thinks they're thinking of something else. The miscommunication yes. on the phone call there. Very yeah. big. Happens in Frasier all the time. Happens in a bunch of those, uh, you know, like, um, oh, what is the word I'm thinking of? It's a sitcom, but there's like a specific sitcom trope that that is. Uh... Anyway. Um, so Agnes asks Wanda if, uh, you know, why is a single lady, what is she doing as a single woman uh, in this big house? And Wanda says she's married, you know, to a human man that's tall. And uh, Agnes says that she doesn't see a ring. So that's the first kind of reference to Wanda or somebody not thinking through the whole thing here uh, in this world. One thing we got to look up, how tall Paul Bettany does look rather tall. Um, I'm actually going to look this up. I'm sorry. But he definitely he definitely is up there in height. Uh, 6'3". <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um. But and then there's there's I guess like you said the thing someone didn't think about where she asked well like well how long have you guys been married where did you guys come from and Wanda has no answer yeah because even if we think about it I guess this is where we can kind of get into it too how long has she been into this if it is a reality that she or somebody else has created for her you know the theme song says that they you know just moved in. Um, the, it seems like though Vision's been at his job for a bit, but yet we've, Agnes is just now coming over to introduce herself to Wanda. So it, it's kind of hard to tell, like, uh, is this, do you think her first day or their first day into this fake reality that somebody's created? Well, I, so I'll say this, it's their first day in that house. Cause they talked about. Um, if they hired movers or whatever, because obviously they didn't need to, because Wanda just uses her right. magic. Boxes to... don't move themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I guess we have to think of is this pre, during, or like post snap. Uh, this is supposed to be post snap, from what they've said. Now, I, I got once again. I gotta watch Infinity War again. Um. Did Vision, I can't remember, does Vision come back in Infinity War or no? He does not come back, no. So he is dead at this point. So that le- that leads to some questions that I think I'm going to have later that I bring up here um, on if he's actually really there or is this all something that she is 
constructing or somebody else is constructing. I guess that's what we don't know yet is who is behind this sitcom reality, perfect world, Westview type. This of is, here's a weird thought. Um, what, what if, did, did she survive the snap or was she one of the ones who was, I think she was, she was eviscerated during Thanos' snap, Yeah, right? Yeah, she was. And she maybe, came back in Endgame, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is what she's going through during the snap. I, I don't know. Like, there's, and, and like you said, we have nine episodes to figure this out and, and to go on this journey, but there's, like this is this is definitely meme worthy of one of those confused face memes where it's just like i don't know what's going on but yeah the guy with the like question marks surrounding him the whole time yeah tilting um, his head <laughs> yeah any number of confused things like and like i'm sure we're we're gonna find out at some point but that was some of the things that popped in my head like when Obviously, there is. Is this real? Is this her imagination? Is this an alternate reality? Is this in her head? Is she imagining this? Is this in visions? Is visions computer mind creating this during this time? Like I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just lost. But I love it. So we get uh, Agnes mentioning her husband Ralph for the first time. His name will. Uh, will come up a bit we have yet to see him there's some theories about who he is we'll get to at the end of this episode or at the end of the next episode um and we get to see vision's office this is what we were talking about just a bit ago it's some sort of computation place we have yakety yak playing on the radio um that is so great just <laughs> that song and just him and we get to it later him singing yakety yak is just fantastic it's a good setup this is classic uh sitcom where everything kind of plays off and pays off at the end as well um like we said uh productivity is up 300 percent since vision came and he has to say that he is a you know human person with biological parts or whatever he says um and we get Mr. Hart coming out of the office mentioning that he and his wife are looking forward to dinner with Vision. And that's when it hits Vision that that's what the heart was standing for or, you know, meaning on the calendar. And he's a familiar face. He's played by Fred Melamed, who played Jonah's father in Superstore. Yes, I couldn't figure out. Like, I, I, I know I've seen him in a ton of things, but I couldn't. I was looking at him and I'm like, I know this guy. Why can't I figure out where I can place this guy in something I've seen? Like, I, I know the face. I know the voice. But I couldn't figure out where. Right. Um, and, and, yes. The, ah. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good once you, once you realize where somebody's from? <laughs> yeah. It just it makes was, you was, feel so it good. It's like itching a scratch. A because I'm like, I know this dude, but I just don't know from where. But I've seen him in a million things. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. But I just think it's funny that, of course, <laughs> you know, with us doing Superstore and stuff and talking about him on there and now coming over here, it was like another little connection to the show. We get Mrs. Hart later. She's played by Deborah Jo Rupp, uh, most notably from Friends that 70 and That show. 70 Show. Yes. Yes. Um. So Mr. Hart mentions that the dinner is very important. He references Jones was fired from his job due to not impressing. As um, he's leaving with the typical box yes. full of stuff coming out of his door. And we don't know what Jones did wrong. His wife made a five-course meal. He wore a turtleneck, and he also had a string quartet. It sounds like a lovely time. That's too fancy-schmancy for me, man. I'm going to be honest with you. But it did sound like it was a great time, yes. It sounds like he was trying to impress, and maybe that was the issue. Who knows? Um, we get uh, flashback. We go back to the house now, and Agnes is helping Wanda, trying to figure out what this, uh, you know, it, Wanda says it's an anniversary, and Agnes is trying to help her set up for it. I mentioned some seduction techniques, like stumbling and falling, so Vision would catch her. And 
noting that the death rate of single men is twice that of married men. <laughs> and then that's when we get the phone call with the uh, with the characters, um, Wanda and Vision, just totally thinking they're on the same page, but they are not. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of what magazine they were they were reading. I'm guessing it was some version of like a Cosmo or something. Maybe she says Cracker 50s. Jack magazine too at some point. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I, and I don't know when this came into play. How about the commercials that came? Oh, in that's during... right here. Yes, that is the... right here as well. It is a commercial for the Toastmate 2000. It also has our first bit of color with the red light beeping. Um, that's yes. the first bit of color we've seen. And the sound effect sounds like Iron Man's repulsor beams as well um, from his you know, gloves when he's firing those up. And it uh, is a Stark-made product, and it also starts ticking a bit you know, with the flashing light kind of sounding like a bomb and some people were theorizing that these commercials are somebody trying to remind wanda of her past or maybe she's thinking of her past because if you remember in age of ultron she talks about a stark bomb landing in sokovia and not yes. detonating and so it, some it people think her, that's her a, brother like trapped yes, in trapped. there for Uh, but interesting, what was your take on the commercials? And also, when we get to next week as well, the next episode, um, we have the same actors in the commercial that were in this commercial, which was interesting as well. So I, uh, I, I enjoyed the commercials because it, it kind of took me off guard. Like, I was not expecting them. Um, and... As I'm looking at some of these, so this series is going to be one where I'm going to have to, I'm going to watch it all now. And then once everything is done, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch from the beginning and try and piece all of these little things together that are going to lead us to wherever it is we're going to go. Because they're putting stuff out there for us. It's just we have to piece it together. Um, and I have no clue what it is. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what the commercials are leading to. I think they're hinting at something. Um, I did catch the 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 Stark, uh, the, the Stark information. I did catch the. It was in a later commercial or in the next episode. Uh, what's what's the octopus there? Uh, the Hydra logo. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I did catch the Hydra logo, but. For me, without having much info from the comics or knowing the history, I, I like I don't know a lot of stuff that maybe it's pointing at. But I'm 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 scouring this. It's it's one. It's like one of those hidden picture puzzles, or like a Where's Waldo thing, and you're trying to find Waldo, but you don't exactly know what you're trying to find. Right. You know? You're looking for something that's not Waldo because you don't know what you're looking for yet. But at the end of the season, you would be able to point out Waldo is kind of what it is. You know, at, at some point, this stuff is going to make sense with the commercials, I think. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, like you said, at the end of the season, once you know what Waldo looks like, then you can go back and be as you watch it from the beginning again. Oh, OK, this makes more sense now. But the intrigue that they're keeping into the average person is a fantastic job once again, because, you know, they could be very blunt about it. Maybe, you know, just beat you over the head with it, but they're smarter than that. That's why they're running Marvel and doing these things. And I'm a mailman and they're, you know, they're making you try and find these things and they're sending, sending the internet ablaze with theories and thoughts. And is this pointing towards this? And does this mean this? And is this person this person? And then there's dudes like me who are just like, sure, okay. <laughs> uh, so let's get back from the commercial here. It's dinner time. Uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Hart walk in with Vision, and Wanda has all the candles lit. And she's there's dressed. There's going on. Yeah, she's dressed in a sexy nightgown 
by 1950s standards at least and uh yes but, but regardless <laughs> i'd say just about anything would look that way on our lovely actress there but please continue yeah, the best Olsen. Uh, she uh, puts her hands over Mr. Hart's eyes and says, guess who? And, uh, you know, Vision walks in and he's like, <laughs> kind of like, what's going on here? Uh, the lights come on. I-, I believe the lights come on, right? And she realizes that it's Mr. Hart. And uh, she doesn't know what's going on either. So Vision takes her aside in the kitchen and says, the heart is for Mr. Hart. This is dinner with my boss. And she kind of makes the point of why did we have to abbreviate, you know, like you're a robot. I can make things move with my mind. Why couldn't we just put something on there? (laughs) Which was a pretty clear point. Um, But also uh, we have, you know, them making references to her dress. And I think this line is delivered perfectly by Paul Bettany when he's saying that dress is so so Covian. Yeah. You know, he, he makes, he makes uh, inference to the fact that she's from it. It's Wachovia. Sokovia. Yeah. Sokovia. So, uh, you know, she has some European tendencies there, which is why she put her head over the, uh, her hands over her boss's eyes. That's how they, that's how they introduce themselves in Sokovia. Yes. And (laughs) this being the fifties, uh, you know, uh, the boss makes the the, the the commie comment or whatever there. Yeah, he um, says we don't break bread with the Bolsheviks, which is is about the most fifties thing you can possibly say. <laughs> yes. So then, uh, you know, Wanda realizes she has to make dinner, and we actually have Agnes come in. I guess she called her or something to help with the dinner. Um. Now, Agnes also asks if she should preheat the oven. I think that might come in play with the next episode that we'll talk about, maybe, a bit. Um, she also brings over a pineapple. Um, For the upside-down cake. Yes, which, again, might play into something later as well from some theories. But um, Well, actually, I think before that, she came over after... Before that, she came over... Uh, and you know, made the comment about, of course, she has like a five or six course meal, you know, ready on standby at a moment's notice. And she brings yes. over <laughs> chicken, chicken and duck and all these crazy things, um, you know, that that uh, Wanda is supposed to cook. It was another great sitcom moment too, you know, where like Wanda's trying to get her out of the kitchen, and she kind of does that turn away from Wanda and comes back in. You know, like, I feel like I've seen that a lot in some of those older sitcoms as well. You you also get uh, you also get the great thing of at some point where Wanda is using her magic to cook and there's crazy things flying around the kitchen. But there's a lot of noise being made. So yes. is it the boss or is it his wife? Mrs. Hart. Yeah. Mrs. Hart goes to open the thing. And that's where we get the great version of Yakety. Uh, yakety yak um yes but sung by vision to obviously to distract him because he can't see his wife using magic but it's just so great and obviously brings your attention there wanda has this confused look on her face while there's things flying around closes the window with the uh with the flick of her finger um and gets back to to cooking uh, she overcooks the chicken with magic, and then she reverses the cook, and it goes all the way back to eggs. <laughs> Which I thought was a great gag as well. And uh, then she calls um, uh, Vision in to help with the meat tenderizer, but now, the way I heard it, she says damn, right? Uh, I don't know uh in all fairness i'm not sure if that would have been allowed in the 50s they were very strict on these codes right things and Um, that's what i was wondering but then vision says he's being called in and mr hart says she calls you diane uh which i feel like had to have been damn then because i'm not sure where else what else comes from that and you know vision says it's a nickname and then he calls to her saying coming fred you know um to kind of just play play it off a bit there uh yeah so he he gets to tenderize the chicken which is or the steak because yes. that's the only thing that's left 
And he oh yeah, the lobsters flew out the it. window. That's right. She flew the lobsters out of the window as well. He absolutely pulverizes that steak. I'm, I can't imagine there's anything left of it. And I like this too with Wanda switching with Vision now. She's trying to entertain, and she just immediately brings up the fact from the magazine earlier or from Agnes but, earlier. But, but totally, obviously gets it wrong. Yeah. Did you know married men are killing single men at an alarming rate? <laughs> because of course women's brains in the 50s can't handle these facts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Mr. Hart's just like, what are you going on about? <laughs> and then she pulls the falling maneuver, you know, the stumble and fall to, to fall into Mr. Hart's arms. And then that's when Agnes knocks on the door to bring the pineapple over. Uh, eventually, things that, you know, uh, or Mrs. Mrs. Hart is starting to get a headache and, and yes. they're getting hangry, as the kids would say nowadays, which I don't think was around in the 50s. Um, he's getting upset. She's getting a headache and, and things. And, and dinner's finally served, but it's breakfast for dinner, which, hey, I'm all for, man. <laughs> yeah, I just knew Mr. Hart would complain about something anyway. Um, and that's when they start asking their questions, right? They're they're asking, when did you guys like move here? When are you going to have kids? You know, how long have you been married? Like, just where do you come from? All this stuff, all at once, without even giving them a moment to to answer any of them, really. And then they start, you know, Wanda and Vision are kind of pausing and trying to come up with their story and. That's when we get Mr. Hart kind of starting to demand an answer. And that's when it gets kind of very Twilight Zone-esque, right? Yes. He starts choking on the strawberry. It kind of switches from the typical sitcom three multicam setup to really focusing on Wanda and then focusing on Mr. Hart. The choking is coming. We get close-ups of mrs hart she's kind of laughing saying stop it but then it kind of changes into like this exhausted scared laughter of stop it and it really changes everything and and this is how i wrote it down on my notes i say wanda like breaks character right like she stops being 1950s wanda and says vision, vision help, him. help him yes totally different voice totally a different way she's saying it and this is where I think maybe this proves that Vision is not actually real. He had, he almost, like, she had to demand that he help him, or, and that makes me feel like she is controlling some of the stuff going on here, and he was not able to act on his own volition, almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um... He wouldn't have made that move had she not been there to to tell right. him that. And obviously, that all that was done on that, that's one of those things that's leading us somewhere. Um, you know, with the the change in the dramatic music, and 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 the the change in tone from Wanda um, to you know to very just bluntly say, "Vision, help him." Um, which, quick side note, they couldn't come up with a better name for Vision. Like, I get that that's Vision's name. But Wanda is Wanda Maximoff. Like Vision couldn't come up. He has a human face. He couldn't give himself Jarvis. a human name. Yeah, like he couldn't go with Jarvis. Like this is a weird bone to pick. I know, but like nobody in the world is thinking like Vision is a weird name for someone to have. Just I don't know. Yeah, I see what you mean. You know what though? I think that this show would have been a hit in the fifties as well. When you have like Bewitched and I Dream of Genie, like I can just imagine this show actually doing like fairly well. <laughs> The reruns of this would be on Nick and Night, right? Yes. Now. Yes. Um everything goes right back to normal after that. You know, that he was choking on the strawberry vision phases through him and gets it. And then uh they okay, just kind of gets up and just says, like, oh, look at the time. Like we have to go. <laughs> okay, stop. Let's take a, a quick Zach Morris timeout here, real quick. I I know vision is a cybernetic organism or an android. He's not a real human and i don't know if, if this was ever explained in the movies but what is with him phasing what is with him walking through certain things or phasing through certain things and some things not 
Uh, it's a good question. I, I'm not sure on the fake science of it. Um, I'd probably have to do some research on that because I'm looking for some stuff now on, on how he can exactly phase like that. I'm not sure. Um, like he kind of chooses to do it with Mr. Hart here. Um, he, he forgot to do it through the door or he did it through the door, but couldn't bring her through. Uh, he, 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 he doesn't do it through the, uh, when he trips over the Ottoman, you know, once again, this is a weird, and I'm not being picky about it. I'm not, I don't have anything negative to say, but I just don't get the how and why he can kind of reach through some things and some things he can't reach through and. So apparently the way it's is it is here he has density manipulation um so he can control his density weight and mass and that is what gives him the ability to phase through solid objects. All and right. they say that comes from the mind stone that he usually has that was broken by Thanos in Infinity War so I do think it is more clue that he is not actually there is how I read it. But I, I feel like everything going back to normal almost adds to the eeriness, right? It almost feels like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, like uh, it was well. expected because then he's he's sitting there like, oh, great job. And all of a sudden, Mr. Hart is very happy. You're getting the promotion. Talk about, we'll talk yeah, about we'll talk it. about yeah. the promotion on Monday. And it's almost as if nothing ever happened or, or it was a test and he passed this test that he didn't know he was taking or something. Yeah, it was very weird. And when they're leaving, one of the lobsters is hanging on the door. Again, that's another one of those sitcom, everything comes back, right? Like, it's another one of those, everything that was set up was was paid off at the end here. Then we kind of get them, you know, saying the line that was in all the trailers. We're a very unusual couple. And uh, she makes rings for them. They decide that this will be their anniversary and that Yakety Yak will be their song. Look, I am not. I think we have talked about this on uh, our our other podcast. Uh, I'm not a big relationship guy in sitcoms or movies and things. Like, if it's there, great. If not, eh. Um, These two make a fantastic couple. Um, The chemistry between these two, at least in the first two episodes, is it's it's unbelievable. And as the kids would say, I definitely ship these two. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we get the fake credits rolling and we kind of zoom out to what I noticed were kind of feminine hands. They look like a woman's hands writing in a notebook with a logo on the notebook and a logo on the computer. So this is where I'll give you uh, for any listeners that do not know the logo is for the company or the, the agency called sword. So we had shield. Now we have sword. Sword in the comics is different than what sword is going to be in this show. Sword in the comics stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. In the MCU, uh, from set photos and stuff, it looks like they changed what the W stands for. So it stands for Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Department. So in this case, do they see Wanda and Vision or just Wanda, if Vision's not reeled, as a sentient weapon? And I think the answer is yes, because of her power levels, they're they're thinking that that is where that's coming from. She's a sentient being, she's a weapon because of her powers, and they're obser- obs- observing and responding to, I guess, what she is created or somebody is created for her in this reality. Yeah. Um, I don't know how accurate this is. It has been said... It's gone back and forth a few times about who is the actual most powerful Avenger. And I guess one of the consensuses, consensi, whatever, is that Wanda Maximoff, Wanda, um, Scarlet Witch, is the most powerful Avenger because of what she can do. Once again, I don't know because I don't read the comics. but I would say yes. It would probably be Wanda or Captain Marvel, actually, when you look at power levels. They're both very strong power levels. Um, in all fairness, uh, she she kind of put it to Thanos for a little bit there in uh, Endgame too. So. Oh yeah, she did too. Yeah, so she I think that proves it right there too. She was, I mean, Thanos made his own 
army fire on his own army and himself to get her to let go, you know, like, and she was, she was very upset at Thanos. Um, I, I use his line there um, a lot when I deal with some of my male customers, when she, you know, she tells him you took everything away from me. And he just looks at her. He's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yes. And that just made her even more upset. And and that's the end of the first episode. Um, we have some Easter eggs that I caught here and that other people have caught that I just wanted to bring up here as well. Um, during dinner, when she's pouring the wine, you know, setting up the wine, it, the wine that they are drinking is called Maison du Mipris, or Miprise. Uh, it's French, which translates to House of Contempt. But a very famous X-Men story, comic story, is House of M. So, you know, that's where... Ma- so it would be Maison du M, you know, House of M. Uh, and there's a big M on the neck of the bottle. It is a big storyline where Wanda loses her mind and lost control of her powers, thereby transforming reality. So very, you know, uh, kind of a parallel to what might be happening here. Um, People mention that the real credits at the end kind of borrow the aesthetic from House of M, which is, you know, mainly the way Wanda rearranges reality by breaking it down into block-like form that they kind of have with the, you know, multicolored credits at the end. And posters at a supermarket Wanda is shopping at. Uh, I guess that was in the next episode, or was that in this one? Uh, the supermarket? I, I don't think remember her next. In, yeah, I don't remember. We'll get to that next time, then, because I don't think that uh, was in the first episode. But yeah, so I, very strong start, I feel like, to the show. I was... Very impressed with the first episode. Yes, you know, 99% of it is just normal um, 1950s sitcoms, but it was charming and it worked. It, it, Like I said, it really, the first episode definitely had me hooked. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, like I said, I don't know where this is taking me, but I'm willing to hop along this ride and go wherever it goes. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it's creative. The cast and crew look like they're having fun. And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, like this is the kind of thing we need to see more of some take chances and be daring. And they definitely did it with this. Yes, definitely. Uh, you can't get much, uh, weirder and off the wall than, than WandaVision so far. So We'll wrap up the first episode here. I'll give you our socials. And then, uh, you know, the second episode will be right on the feed as well. Just breaking them up in case if you only had time to watch the one, you know, if you're going to space them out yourself. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at 2InfinitySaga, T-O-InfinitySaga, Facebook.com slash InfinitySagaBeyond. Um, and email us at marvelplusrecaps at gmail.com. Uh, yes, that doesn't match any of the other ones, and that's because <laughs> the podcast was originally named something else until I realized somebody else had that name already, and I just had to kind of change that. And where can people find you at, Casey? Do you want to share any of your Twitter handles or anything? Uh, sure. Um, I am at mcgeorge 36 MC. Uh, George 36, pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Um, I'm, uh, honestly, I probably need to get more involved with some of that stuff. I used to be really big into a lot of it. Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter now and some on Facebook, but, uh, the, in case everybody doesn't know, I'm a mailman. So the pandemic has had me very busy, um, during this whole time. Lost the holidays. That just ended. Um, the elections and the holidays and the pandemic i've been working crazy hours so uh i'm not posting as much as i should i'm interacting with a lot of things on there um liking or, or tweeting but um um i'm always willing to listen and engage in some uh thoughtful conversation on some of these things maybe we agree maybe we don't but uh hey let's keep it civil and we can have some fun with it Yes, definitely. So uh, we'll drop off here and we'll catch you all for episode two.
and uh, you know have a great rest of your week